I see you've bought snacks. These are no snacks. These are research materials. Why? What are we researching? Big clue. Today is World Chocolate Day. So, chocolate then? Yeah, you got it. I can't help but notice that we didn't research plastic bags on International Plastic Bag Free Day last Friday. No, I mean, pretty much failed to celebrate sunglasses on International Sunglasses Day last month, which I'm disappointed about because I've got a pair of original Ray-Ban sunglasses. And we didn't watch TV for Wallace and Gromit's Wrong Trousers Day, although that's actually for a really good cause. Well, I suppose that we must admit to being a bit selective in choosing the days that we're focusing on. Still, I'm the last person to dodge the important work of researching chocolate. Where do we start? Hand it over. Uh, Now, steady on. Before we get into the research, we need to tell our listeners what a treat we have in store today. Treats? I approve of those. Uh, Yeah, we've got lots and lots of treats and lots and lots of chocolate. We're going to be talking to Frank Laws, uh, who is a real-life chocolatier. He has a chocolate factory. How amazing is that? It's him that we have to thank for all the um, research material that we have here. Well, I'm very much looking forward to speaking to him and thanking him for those. So, chocolate. Are you a fan of chocolate? Uh, yes and no. I, I do like chocolate, but what I've discovered is that it's very hard to eat a little bit. And I uh, found I was getting through quite a lot of large Cadbury's fruit and nut bars. Yeah, I mean, when did... Like, you go to the shop and you used to buy, like, a really small little chocolate bar, but then it's cheaper to buy these massive, mahoosive, like, huge (laughs) ones. I have no self-control when it comes to chocolate. I just have to eat everything in one go. I can't keep it in, like, a sweetie jar or whatever and then come back to it a little bit at a time. I'm hoping we're not going to open these um, research materials and discover that you've somehow opened them and removed the chocolate and then put them back together in a kind of battle Um, way. Confession time, I actually did. Uh, there's some uh, Linda chocolate over there, which I opened last night, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. So, some favourites of mine, which took a bit of getting hold of, actually. Caramac. Oh. Do you remember Caramac? I do remember Caramac. As a child, I do remember having that. I don't remember much about it. It's a very thin bar, and I thought, oh, well, maybe that was just my memory. But when I opened this this morning, yeah, it's very thin. It's not like when you get a chunking bar of flipping dairy milk. It's, But it's a really weird colour. I was trying to explain it to the very young person in booths where I purchased these last night. And he was like, Caramac, I've never seen that. 45 years ago, it was all the rage. I don't know. Young people these days. <laughs> oh, what about Milky Bar? Milky Bar, kids are on me. I'm pretty certain that you've misremembered that. I have, I have. definitely didn't say the Milky Bar kids are on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's very wrong. That's very wrong. Not just slightly wrong. (laughs) I completely misremembered that little tinkle. It was the Milky Bars are on me, sung by the Milky Bar kid, who was just like always sort of really geeky with these glasses and blonde hair. And was a cowboy, and um, yeah. instead of guns, uh, have it, had milky bars. I know, and he was really kind because actually all he wanted to do was give his friends milky bars. And yeah, that's my kind of friend. <laughs> Somebody who gives me lots and lots of chocolate. What other chocolate do you like? Okay, so um, I also found some Fry's chocolate cream. I haven't seen that probably for 45 years or something. Well, I thought that they'd... 
they'd stopped making it actually and then yeah there was a choice I could have had this one or the green one or there was an orange one as well I had to buy six of those if I wanted the orange chocolate cream but I thought that was a little bit too much because we only needed one bar and what are we going to do with this one bar that we have don't know research it until it's all gone (laughs) I bought one of these a bounty bar do you like bounty bars I don't hate them I'm just going to say I hate bounty bars. That was fair enough. <laughs> so like... I note that it is an empty wrapper and not an actual bounty bar now. That's my husband who's sneaked the two inside. So he knows I hate it. And so he was like, oh, well, you're not going to eat that. I might as well eat it for you. What else have we got chocolate wise? What about dime bars? What do you think of dime bars? I think they're rather nice, actually. I like that honeycomby stuff. I quite like the taste of crunchy bars as well oh i love a crunchy bar do you know what the other thing that i tried to find was uh fudge so like a finger of fudge is just just enough to give your kids a treat we do our own jingles (laughs) yeah i don't think that's going to make it into the final recording if i have anything to do with it it's funny how the advertising goes back in the day when there were like three or maybe four, if you were lucky, TV channels. There's this whole rabbit hole you can go down on YouTube of 1980s and 70s adverts oh, where yeah. you can see the adverts of your youth and people singing about fingers of fudge being just enough. and, and um, <laughs> Fries Turkish Delight. Fries Turkish Delight. Those are all nostalgic stuff. So finger of fudge and crunchy. But I tell you what I really love now. It's Dairy Milk Marvellous Creations Jelly Popping Candy. I love this. It's my new one that I really love. Is that like space dust? It's got a bit of space dust. Yeah, it's got space dust. Um, It's totally random when you open it. There's no neat little divide. You can't really share a bar with it. I find I can't. (laughs) I don't share any of my chocolates. It's just not possible. No, not possible. I tried to share it, but then I looked, it was all gone. Yep, yep. That's every single bar of chocolate I ever have. (laughs) And Ferrero Rocher. Bloody love those. Okay, tell me what the what is the secret for for, for, for I can't even say it Ferrero Rocher. I just don't get them. Well, have you piled them up in a gigantic pyramid? Well, I can see why that is attractive because I love that sort of thing. You know, just making creative spaces. But as a chocolate, well, it's hazelnut, chocolate and hazelnut. It's empty on the inside. It's basically air. Oh, but the thing is that that's just a value for money thing, isn't it? You think, oh, I should get more chocolate in this thing. But actually, you just have to eat six of them. <laughs> no. And it's the way it feels in your mouth and slight crunchiness and the hazelnut and the chocolate. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. You just like... <laughs> went away a bit there. Yeah, you, you did. Now, here's an interesting fact. The Swiss eat the most chocolate per person, according to some figures published in 2015. I'm just trying to imagine around 18.1 pounds of chocolate were purchased by each person in Switzerland. It doesn't say it ate them. Against 14.6 pounds purchased per person. Well, I'm looking at the spread which you've provided today and I think you've probably exceeded that just for one day. (laughs) Yeah, do you know what? We've got to eat up. (laughs) 
Well, normally I would be very resistant to such an idea, but as you know, we are dedicated podcasters and therefore we must eat all the chocolate. We we must, although I must say, because... What ludicrous reasoning. <laughs> I know, but because it's like oh, we were out in our little recording studio in the camper van and it's a really warm day. Most of it is just like beginning to go, oh, I'm a little bit hot now and I'm a little bit melted. Ma- meaning a little bit even nicer. Yeah, actually, it's not so hard to break and it's just nice and soft and then it melts in your mouth really nicely. Okay, well, that sounds delicious. So we're no longer really presenting a podcast so much as just fantasising about chocolate. (laughs) That's my thing all the time. Uh, Here we go. Here's another another interesting fact, which I love this one, mainly because I used to work in Birmingham just around the corner from this factory. In just 24 hours, roughly, how many... Dairy milk chocolate buttons are produced at the Bourneville factory in Birmingham. Well, so a packet of chocolate buttons has got maybe 15 or 20 in. If you're lucky. So let's say it was 100,000 packets a day. So that would be 15 times 100,000 or 1,500,000 as we like to call it, which actually I suppose we should really call one and a half, one and a half million. Okay, no, 400 million delicious tiny little bits of chocolate buttons are made within a 24-hour period in the factory. That's a lot of chocolate. 400 million. 400 million. 400 million. I can't even begin to think how many that is. That's just lorry loads of chocolate buttons. Here's a serious question. Chocolate buttons, how do you eat them? Do you put two together or do you eat one at a time, like a half a chocolate button? I haven't eaten chocolate buttons for a really, really long time, but my inclination was probably just to put as many of them in my mouth as would fit. Oh, no, you see. I've got to put two together and they make a nice symmetrical sort of shape. I never understood why it was like one flat on one side and then rounded on the other. Because it's a button. Of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> Oh, well, we've lost Amanda. <laughs> I never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so World Chocolate Day. I mean, it's just basically an excuse for me to go and buy, like, there's almost 20 quid's worth of chocolate here. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'll tell you what we haven't got as well from uh, my childhood is walnut whips. Oh, I don't, I don't like walnuts. But you don't have to eat the walnut. I mean, <laughs> like, you could just bite that off. And... We just call them whips. The whips, aren't they? Yeah, it's like a pyramid and inside it's all marshmallowy. I think we're just going down like chocolate memory lane here, aren't we? And talking about all our favourite chocolates. And it's a real pity that chocolate memory lane is not a real place. <gasps> I'd go there. I'll tell you what, amusement park owners, if you decide to create a new amusement park, called Chocolate Memory Lane, you can be guaranteed at least two visitors. Have you not been to Cabri World? No, I have not. I haven't either. Well, one thing about Awareness Days is they are the gift that keeps on giving because in 12 months' time there will be another World Chocolate Day <laughs> and therefore another excuse to eat even more chocolate and we can, we can decide, we can come to a plan about how we're going to, to do that. I think we're going to have to have some awareness days that aren't to do with food and drink in our in our podcast otherwise we're people are going to just think Bye. this is some sort of excuse to, to yes. just eat food oh, okay 
You what? heard it here first, listeners. This is not a real podcast. It's just an excuse for eating and drinking stuff. Well, we're informing people. I mean, like, Frank's going to tell us how chocolate's made. That's informational. It is. Accompanied with eating chocolate. People can eat along with us. They can. In fact, they should. They should do. They should do. Get some of Frank's chocolate. Press pause. Go away and get some chocolate. And then come back. We'll be waiting for you here. Also, just so the heads up then, we've got a National Tequila Day coming up. Tequila! And Prosecco Day. So get the supplies in. Just in case you thought that this podcast was too sensible, <laughs> we're going to record a podcast where we drink alcohol. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nothing can possibly go wrong. I hadn't even thought about that. We will go to record and do all of that stuff at the same time. Everything where we have to say complicated things like podcast. I make you say all those things because I can't say them. Well, we'll record those before we start. <laughs> I think we're going to need to. Oh my gosh. And then oh, there must be other days. I'm waiting for a cheese day. I really want a cheese day. Cheese is my number. So oh, cheese. I thought you said Tuesday. A Tuesday. That comes around every week. You know that, don't you? Tuesdays. Any old Tuesday, we'll talk about a Tuesday. No, a cheese day. A day with cheese. I'm quite curious about National Banana Split Day. I'm looking forward to finding out why on earth someone has decided that that is a thing that needs a day. But I'm actually also looking forward to International Talk Like a Pirate Day, where we must have an episode where we say, Arr. Yeah, but then people need to see your big Captain Haddock beard. It's not a Captain Haddock beard. Only because you trimmed it. Never been in Tintin. <laughs> I love Tintin. I'm not, nothing against Tintin, just... We found out a really interesting thing, about, well, it's not interesting, but it's a quirky thing. The Thompson twins, Thompson and Thompson spelt differently, aren't they? They are, yeah. The Thompson Thompson twins, but yeah. Not the band, the uh, the actual twins in Tintin. Also, in, Tom, in the Thompson twins, the band, there were three of them. Yes, there were. That's just like, even for my poor maths capability, I know that's not right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Twins is two. I think it's probably time to talk to Frank now. I think it is time to talk to Frank and he is going to talk us through testing some of this chocolate. Although I'm just looking around and we seem to have tested some of it already. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> Not so as you'd notice. No, no, just uh, lots of wrappers flapping around our little... One or two, one or two. Yeah. So, without further ado, let's chat to Frank Lords from Frankly Delicious. Yes, he's waiting in the day's podcast lobby. Oh, do we have a green room? I, I think we should, I think we should tell people we have. He's waiting in our green room. Excellent. Let's talk to Frank. Frank, would you just like to sort of introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do and what uh, Frankly Delicious does? Yes, thank you very much for having me today. Um, as he said, I'm Frank from Frankly Delicious. I run a small chocolate factory in my home in Leeds. So I am a chocolate maker and a chocolatier, and they are two different things. Um, I started out as a chocolatier about two years ago, and then after quite a busy period last Christmas and some downtime, I just did some reading into the chocolate industry just to see what was happening in the world. And I really read into the cocoa supply chain, and I found out it was not fantastic of what happens. It's really really ugly once you get into it so rather than waiting for the big companies to change how they work and the practices that they use I decided to make a change now so I now 
make the chocolate using ethically sourced ingredients from across the globe where you can find cocoa all in my own flat. So I've gone from buying chocolate from a supplier from now buying cocoa beans, cocoa butter, sugar, milk powder, all the things you want in chocolate and processing it from the very beginning. I knew I still wanted to make the individual chocolates and the chocolate bars, but I needed to really learn how to make chocolate. So it's only recently that I've started making the chocolates again. They they just make people so happy. And that's what I wanted to do with chocolate. It was the thought process of if the farmers who are growing the cocoa haven't got guaranteed conditions and pay, how could I then sell and produce chocolates that are giving happiness when there is not happiness throughout the whole supply chain? That's amazing, that sort of traceability and the fair price to farmers. It means that everybody who comes in contact with you when you're making chocolate is is happy and treated fairly. All these things come into your house, these beans and butter and all this sort of stuff. Is your house just got loads of bags of sugar and beans and stuff in it? <laughs> Somewhat, yes. I live in quite a small flat and my partner is a he allows me to operate a chocolate factory. I've kind of encroached on almost every single space available. My first order of cocoa beans, which on the scale is very small, was I received 120 kilograms of cocoa beans Whoa. in March. Yes, that's very small. <laughs> um, from a supplier in Belgium. And most of them are tucked away in large plastic boxes. And then one of them still is in the sack just because I didn't have a plastic box big enough to contain them. And then I've got a big block of cocoa butter, which I'm working my way through, which was about 25 kilograms. And then I buy big five kilogram bags of um, British sugar that I use in all of the products. And they go in the chocolate cupboard. So there's a cupboard that's full of all the odds (laughs) and ends. And at the very top in the shade is where the chocolate bars are actually kept. What does it smell like in your flat? Not what you would think of, not in a bad way. Um, (laughs) When you think of a traditional chocolate factory, you have this nice kind of milk chocolate creamy smell. And it does smell like that when I'm producing a lot of milk chocolate at once. Mm. But raw cocoa beans actually smell vinegary. Oh, wow. And that's due to the fermentation process. And if that didn't happen, we wouldn't get the cocoa flavours and the nice chocolatey notes that we have grown to love. So when you open it, it actually smells like vinegar. And then you roast them off, which I do in my just in my home oven right now. And that burns off the acid and then caramelizes some of the enzymes through an effect called the Maillard effect. And when you're roasting cocoa, you actually get this lovely brownie smell. So it smells like freshly baked brownies. So my flat goes from smelling like brownies and then to cocoa butter, which it smells just as it is cocoa butter. And they're really the two main smells that come out. (laughs) That just sounds amazing. Also, every time you say your flat is like a, a chocolate factory, I ju- all I can see is Willy Wonka's factory. Yeah, Roald Dahl <laughs> is looming large over this conversation. Because when I was asking about the smell, I'm remembering reading that book and hearing about Charlie smelling the smell outside the chocolate factory. And I just suddenly had this, this very evocative memory of that. It's funny how that kind of fiction is, is driving certainly our sort of perceptions and, and, and how it's different from the reality. Yeah. and. If I had a very large facility with lots of them or kind of vats of chocolate, you would get a very traditional mm. chocolatey smell. But I am even smaller than a micro producer right now, really. It's kind of the micro of micro scale. <laughs> you very kindly have sent us some chocolate, which we'll be trying very soon. I'm looking forward to the happiness. 
we've got India, which is 70% dark, and then we've got blonde, which is a, a white chocolate. What is the difference between like a dark chocolate and a white chocolate? So fundamentally, the difference is the cocoa mass. So there's an argument that white chocolate isn't real chocolate, and I believe and argue that it is. So when you have a cocoa bean, um, it is made up of mainly of two things. It's made up of cocoa mass and then cocoa butter. It's about 50-50. And when you press it, you get the cocoa butter, which is then either sold or reused in things like cosmetics. Or um, the cocoa mass is actually what is cocoa powder. Okay. So the cocoa bean is made up of those two things. And when you grind them together just from the nibs, uh, the fat coats all the things, which then creates nice creamy chocolate. So dark chocolate and milk chocolate have some of the cocoa mass in dark chocolate a lot more. And then white chocolate just has cocoa butter. There's none of the brown cocoa mass. Mm, okay. um, and then white chocolate traditionally is made of milk, sugar, cocoa butter. And then you can add things like vanilla. And then dark chocolate should be like a good dark chocolate should just be cocoa beans and sugar. I then add a small amount of cocoa butter. Um, it's more common in Europe than America, just to give it a really nice, smooth, creamy mouthfeel. It doesn't affect the flavour at all. It just makes it that really kind of quintessential chocolate. And then milk chocolate just has a bit of milk powder and the ratios are a bit different. Yeah, I think we were all introduced to white chocolate, the Milky Bar Kid. Yeah, and I think that reference to milk in the name there is actually making people... Because I, I immediately thinking, oh, the whiteness is, is to do with milk. So, yeah, that's a revelation. Yes, and then the one um, which you have, the blonde white chocolate, mm. that is slightly different from a normal white chocolate as I have roasted the milk powder to uh, caramelise it so you get a nice biscuity and toasty caramel flavour. Cool, yeah. Right, do you think it's time to open some of these? I think it is. It could be. I must admit, I feel like I've been postponing my happiness and now <laughs> I, I need to, you know, need to give in. I love your packaging. And actually, oh, look at this. They're all little triangles. I love the fact that your um, the inside wrapper is compostable. That's fantastic. Yep. I'm fumbling here in my excitement to get in. Yes. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to pass some across to Ian there. Uh, uh, this is a moment of great relief for me because I was disturbingly out of range of the, uh, of the chocolate for some time. <laughs> Okay, so a big question that I have for you, which is a ongoing rail between my husband and myself, is how to eat chocolate. <laughs> he chews it, and I'm like, don't do that, just suck it gently. What is your opinion on this, Frank? So, yeah, there are so many different opinions. I would say a combination of the two. Um, you want a small piece, and then you want to let it melt in your mouth. And then once it has got a little bit softer, then you chew it. And then I would recommend you doing the same process again. So you taste it twice. Okay. Oh, I love this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's lovely and soft. I really like that. Because quite often the really dark chocolates, they're very hard, aren't they? Oh, that's really nice. So it is tasting chocolate is a bit like when you taste wine and you're meant to have all these different flavours on your palate. A proper chocolate tasting should be done round about when we're recording which is about half 10 11 o'clock when your palate is relatively clean you shouldn't have really had any coffee because you've had your morning coffee and you're starting to get a bit hungry and when you're hungry you taste things better Ooh. 
In basically all of those things. I had a coffee about an hour and a half ago. Yep, My stomach here. is rumbling, so I'm very hungry. Yep. I love this. So you'll be able to yeah. taste whatever you taste, and there's no wrong answers um, because everyone does taste differently and everyone's taste buds are different. And what you want with the allowing it to sit on your tongue, you're letting the fat coat your tongue and the taste buds. And the longer you can let it melt, the better the flavour is. So there is the argument that you shouldn't, I wouldn't say you should just chomp your chocolate, like just crunch, crunch, crunch and off you go. Um, That isn't how you should eat this type of chocolate. It is something to really be enjoyed and savoured. I'm so glad you said that because now I can go back and say, do not crunch our chocolate. No, I love Frank this. Frank says. Yeah, Frank says. <laughs> this is really lovely and sweet, and but cre- it's like sweet and creamy, which is not what I normally get in a dark chocolate, actually. I love that. What do you think, Ian? When I left it in my mouth for a bit, it almost tastes a little bit fruity. Yep. I lack the vocabulary for this. I know the wine people have their own set of phrases, don't they, and terms. I don't know if the chocolate world also has that, but. It's absolutely delicious, often with food, particularly, I suppose, in, in the West almost. We, we, it's a kind of an obstacle to be got rid of. Taking the time makes it a very different experience, doesn't it? Yeah, and that is what it is designed to be. So, yes, you are both correct with what you were saying, Amanda, with your creaminess. That is the extra cocoa butter that I added. I add 10% of the recipe just so it does have that nice melt-in-the-mouth feel. And... Um, what you were saying with the fruit flavors as well yeah you should be able to taste those flavors the flavor notes that i think with the india are kind of really raisiny at the very end so once it's cleared once you've eaten it you should taste kind of like a raisiny flavor and there is some bright fruit fruit flavors as well something i've often reflected on in just in terms of food in general i remember as a child thinking that a lot of food was a good thing And then as an adult, I've realised that that's not the case. So you might as well have something, if you're going to have something that, you know, has a lot of maybe sugar and fat in it, let's make it something that it really is worth the experience. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just like really quiet because I'm basically eating my way through this bar. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I first started making chocolate in, I think I got some beans in February. And I made a chocolate with a Nicaraguan cocoa. And I was honestly like, it knocked my socks off. And I was like, wow, this is what dark chocolate should actually taste like. And it was just completely different from what you're used to tasting, which really led me to where I am today. And I was like, no, this is, this is the right thing to be doing using all of these different cocoa beans. Because dark chocolate is so different depending on where the cocoa beans come from. Each region has their own kind of flavor profile which can be affected by the growing, the fermentation, and then the roast profile. And it's just, people don't know that. And it's just incredible. It's like the the new coffee movement that's happened in the past kind of five years. And all of the microbreweries and distilleries with gin and real ale, chocolate is the next one of those to happen. Absolutely. I have to say the happiness is working. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm suffused by a warm glow of chocolate happiness now. Shall we, shall we try the blonde? Now, is there anything like in, in wine tasting? Do you have to clear your palate before you try the next one? It is recommended if you have just preferably room temperature water or just water. We have a glass of water. Perfect. Unfortunately, I have a mouthful of chocolate as well, but 
<laughs> I'll, I'll do the glass of water as soon as possible. Okay, well, I will open the blonde. The other thing I was going to ask you about was in the fridge or not in the fridge? Not in the fridge. The only time it should be in the fridge is if it is 28, 30 degrees. Because you want it all to melt nicely on your tongue, room temperature is ideal for store chocolate. What surprises me to start off with, I know we were talking about Caramax, is that actually your blonde is actually the like a really soft caramelly colour. Beautiful. Yeah, and that's because the sugars in the milk powder have been slightly caramelised. There are two ways of making like blonde or gold white chocolate, which is roasting the milk powder before you add it. Or what you can do is you can take white chocolate, and anyone can do this at home, um, and roast it, the actual white chocolate, just in an oven at a low temperature. Oh, wow. I do it the method that I do simply for efficiency. I can roast more milk powder compared to roasting a lot of chocolate at once. Mm. And it does bring out a different flavour. And I prefer this flavour because it isn't as sweet. I love this. It's like um, like a really nice condensed milk type, really full on creamy caramel flavour. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, this is definitely my favourite. Normally dark chocolate is my favourite, but this is just... The colour is lovely. This might be the, my new favourite thing. This is making me very happy. Very. You're bringing happiness to us here. Good. I. It is probably my most popular bar. That and then um, the milk chocolate version of the India. I make a 40% milk chocolate. And they're the two that really sell the most, I've found. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you've left us speechless here. If anyone is listening to this and feeling jealous, then we are going to put some links so that you can buy your own in the notes for this episode. So press pause, go to the links, order some, (laughs) and then you can unpause and we'll just wait here for you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It is just delicious. I think we probably got it as a really good temperature because it does like melt straight away in your mouth and it's yeah so creamy. Thank you so much for sharing those those with us because of course you don't just make bars of chocolate either do you? I've seen you make individual boxes of chocolates as well. Yes so the individual chocolates is kind of where I started my career and I have reintroduced them back into the range kind of in the past couple of weeks from when we are recording so the beginning of June, and I use coloured cocoa butter to really make them stand out and just be something different and to match the ethos of kind of using fully sustainable ingredients. I had to actually make the colours myself, which just took a bit longer than I was anticipating, a bit more investment. Gosh, it's so, so lovely. Thank you. I think uh, Ian basically is lost for words. This rarely happens, so um, I will be buying copious amounts. True that. <laughs> it's world chocolate day and our conversation has really made that word world kind of stand out to me so how should people approach buying chocolate so that they are getting something that's a sustainable product that's fair to all of the people that make it all along its supply chain so this is a this is a different podcast altogether look to things like fair trade um and all of those kind of good things places like Oxfam and then one of the biggest companies that are quite new that is really the forefront of this movement is a company called Tony's Chocolate Only. Um, They really came out into the scene in supermarkets last year and the year before and what their message is is slave-free chocolate 
because a lot of um, commercial chocolate has the possibility of child slavery and slavery within the supply chain. So what they do is they work with the farmers, but then they also work with the biggest chocolate maker in the world and they have a full traceability. So they are really tackling it head on and doing fantastic things immediately. That's really good advice. Thank you very much. It's been an amazing experience to to eat this chocolate, but I think it's important for people to recognise that there are some real challenges in, in the industry and it's great what you're doing to combat against that. And I think people will appreciate hearing what they can do. So thank you for that. No problem. I've just got one more question. How can people find you so that they can have some of the happiness that we have just enjoyed? You can find all of the available products from my website, which is frankly-delicious.com. Or if you just Google frankly delicious, you'll find me right there. Uh, You can keep up to date with me via my newsletter on my website or on social media. So Facebook, uh, Instagram, and also LinkedIn, if you're a business professional and want to look at gifts. And also, I am in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign. So if you want to support me and also get chocolate, you can head to my website or my social medias and there will be a link to my Kickstarter where you will be able to buy anywhere from four chocolate bars up to uh, 200 chocolate bars for a year supply of chocolate if you want. And there's things in between where you can make your own chocolate bar. You can become um, a frankly delicious taste tester and there's all different rewards which you can buy and you will receive chocolate. And then I will be using the funds from the Kickstarter to help make my home operation more efficient. So with machinery and then also buying the next door flat. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea of becoming a taste tester. I thought Amanda's head was going to explain because she started off at the low end of the Kickstarter. You can have four chocolate bars. And she was like, four chocolate bars. <laughs> and, then, and then it kind of progressed a bit further to uh, you can have uh, <laughs> 200. 200 chocolate bars. And then, uh, and then being a taste tester, that was just mind blown. I'm just watching the facial expressions escalating oh, as you were going through. It's my weakness, to be honest. Cheese and chocolate. Well, thank you so much for being our guest on World Chocolate Day, Frank. It's been such a pleasure just to talk about chocolate, but to taste it, obviously, and for you to bring happiness. Uh, You've definitely made In and I happy. That's fantastic. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm glad you enjoyed the chocolate. And that's that's all I really want to do is just spread, spread happiness with chocolate. And the new mantra is making the world a better place one chocolate bar at a time. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thanks to Frank Laws of Frankly Delicious for supplying us with some amazing chocolate to research, but um, for also being just a really wonderful guest. Yes, thanks very much, Frank. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. We'll be back on Don't Step on a Bee Day, which is July the 10th, when we'll be talking to a bathroom expert. No, 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 no. There's no bathrooms involved. It's Don't Step on a Bee. As in a buzzy bee, we'll be talking to a beekeeper. Do keep up. (laughs) The best way not to miss out on this and future episodes is to visit our website at dayspodcast.com. From there, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts and others. And find links to our social feeds. Keep up with our crazy antics by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram. 
we're brand new and so we really appreciate it if you could rate us in your podcast app and tell your friends, family, colleagues, pets, random people that you meet in the street about us and the Awesome Days podcast. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of World Happiness and um, World Chocolate Day. Bye, Bye for, for now. now. We're so corny. <laughs>